0: It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston.
1: Welcome to the Front Stretch Race fans presented by Joe's Karting Accounts Council Bluffs online at joeskarting.com. Fast paced, white local racing as always just across the river 23rd Avenue. Get over to Joe's Karting today. Do yourself right with a little indoor kart racing. Today's show, the lineup, we're going to talk a little bit of headline news. We'll talk some of the Beatrice Spring Nationals that ended up happening on Saturday and Sunday. We'll talk results for Folds of Honor. Quick Trip 500 at Atlanta Motor Speedway get our thoughts on the race and then we're going to sit down with Tyler Drukey in turn number two talk to him about a little bit about some of the stuff from last season as he's processed winning the race saver nationals Uh, a couple of uh, things that have happened in his life and uh, some of the big news that's going on there so we'll find out what's going on with Tyler in turn number two Dirk let's kick it off with the Beatrice spring nationals finally had the pleasure of getting down there Went down last October for the uh, Oktoberfest, and unfortunately, not the best track conditions. Didn't get to see a lot of really good racing, but Saturday night, uh, James Rowland and Sarah and I all rolled over to Beatrice, hung out with uh, Troy Sanford and Anthony Ainsley, and I we were treated to a, a nice wide racetrack, a little bit of character to it, but some great racing, absolutely great racing.
2: Well, that, that snow that they got um, Friday morning. Thursday? Was it Friday morning or Thursday morning?
1: I'm I've got it set in my head that it was Friday morning.
2: Okay, uh, yeah, it was after practice.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and practice, practice was on Thursday.
2: Thursday. Yeah. So that would have been the overnight into Friday morning. That obviously, I mean, it wasn't like they got two feet of snow or anything, but it was still moisture that you really can't measure. You know, right. I mean, what is a half inch of snow? You know, a sixteenth of a you know, an inch of water or something. Right. I, I don't know what the conversion is. I'm sure there's some conversion, but uh, that probably made the track just a little tricky.
1: Yeah. And there was, you know, through the beginning of the heat races, there was a little bit of a rut that developed in turn one, uh, but that eventually started smoothing out a little bit. And then there was a, a bit of an issue in turn. I think it was turn three, maybe the middle of three and four that was causing issues, but guys were able to move around, try different lines, try different things. And uh, I tell you, you know, I, uh, I, I, I I, don't know if I, I should say I harp on, but um, I, it, it's, I guess what I'm trying to say, uh, Jordan Grabowski picking up the modified and stock car wins, but they weren't easy by any means. I, I saw some comments of people that said, uh, great, Jordan Grabowski won again, you know, snooze or whatever. And, and that's just a, a, a keyboard commando having no clue what they're talking about because, both the modified and stock car races were phenomenal races to watch. The, the sport mod race, Lee Horky ended up getting the, getting the lead away on, I think one or two laps to go. Uh, And Dylan Richards won a, ran a great race. And by the way, uh, as if I wasn't impressed with him enough, uh, running the modifieds and ran a good race, Uh, very talented young driver. And I hope to see more out of him, but I was, I was thoroughly impressed with the racing we were able to get based on the conditions that were happening Friday and, and the sun we got on Saturday, thank God we got that sun and a little bit of heat uh, that things were able to dry out a little bit. And I was really impressed with what, what I saw on, on Saturday night.
2: Yeah, well, um, I, you know, I didn't go down and um, I just uh, had some other stuff to take care of. And so I just got that done. And, um, you know, the re- I, I looked at the results and I looked at a few posts on Facebook about it, um, but. I didn't see a whole ton of complaining about anything. Um, I was surprised from pictures that you had posted and Anthony posted. I thought there'd be a little more crowd on Saturday.
1: You know, it, it was a very, very nice crowd early on. But as it kind of waned into the, uh, the late hours and then in the early Sunday morning hours, um, I was thinking that the way the heat races ended and well, was 176 cars on Saturday, that, uh, that we would probably be done about 11, 11, 15. Unfortunately, we had a very scary accident in the modified, uh, Steve Swarthow was, um, helped out of his car by the, uh, safety officials. And, um, so because he was being checked out by the ambulance, we couldn't, we couldn't resume racing until a, that ambulance was done taking care of Steve or another one showed up. and uh, luckily. I think that lasted probably about a half an hour, maybe a little bit longer. And, and as that happened, it kind of unfolded. You could see people kind of grabbing their stuff and heading out, but it did get a little bit chilly. And, and I, you, you just kind of saw a slow trickle of people as you know, the sport compact fans when their feature was over with, they didn't want to stick around and watch the, the rest of the races. So they went home and then, you know, sport mods and, and so on and so forth. So as the races went on, the crowd kind of dwindled.
2: Yeah, well, I just, you know, you posted pictures when it was still light out. So I'm sure that was probably about the beginning of the race. I don't think I saw a crowd picture from when it wasn't light out. But uh, as far as if they've got a driver in the ambulance, as long as the ambulance is at the track, they can continue racing. I assumed that they had taken him to the hospital because it said in the article I saw that he went to the hospital for observation. Yeah. Now, if, the uh, if the ambulance leads a the track, there is no race. Not without right. another ambulance showing up.
1: We were told, and I, and I don't know if you saw it based on our, the post from the front stretch, but we were being told that he was being transported to the hospital when they were putting him in the ambulance. I never saw that ambulance leave though. And eventually uh, I saw, so it pulled out back and then we sat there and waited. I never saw another ambulance arrive. And then I saw that one pull from the back pit area over to turn one, where it sits and enters the track. And then all of a sudden engines fire and we went racing. So I was told one thing that he was being transported to the hospital. Maybe once they got him into the back, they kind of examined him and, and, and decided they didn't need to transport him. Or maybe I just didn't see the other ambulance show up. Could have came in a different entrance. Who knows? Yeah. But uh, so. anyways, uh, to update you on that, Steve Swarthout did comment later that night, said, just checking in with everybody, took a nasty rollover. Saturday night, but the safety equipment did its job. Just going to be a little sore, but we'll be back. Thanks for all the prayers and concerns. We will be back. So good news there. Uh, Glad to see that he was okay. Didn't make it over to Beatrice on Sunday. I was uh, busy bartending at the library pub, as I do every Sunday. But, um, again, it looked like there was some pretty good racing going on. Um, The flow racing guys had all the coverage and um, did their best. Um, So. I'm not going to give uh, announcers a hard time because it is very difficult to walk into a track and not understand how each family member wants the last name pronounced. I've made the mistake several times of pronouncing a last name phonetically, and then I was told I was an idiot. So, you know,
2: it. Uh, you heard that before, so that's no big deal.
1: <laughs> yeah, it didn't. It didn't <laughs> faze me. So, uh, anyways, uh, Beatrice Spring Nationals in the books. Uh, a good couple of days, and uh, I was one thing. I was kind of intrigued by it and i I don't want to make it sound like i'm ragging on anybody so please don't take it as this but i mentioned that on saturday night the what ended up being the first night of racing there was 176 cars but on night number two which ended up being sunday afternoon i think they started racing at one o'clock my fantasy said that they only had they had they dropped to 123 cars something like that um And uh, I was kind of surprised that in one day there was that many drivers that that decided to come go home and not race again.
2: Well, did they run the same class, both the same classes, both days, first off? Yeah, they did. Okay. obviously, you had cars get damaged out of the 176. So that's going to cut down some of it. Mm -hmm. And how many how many of those cars were traveling like 300 miles And probably had other commitments already on Sunday and, and, you know, left after Saturday night show to go home. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was just, I guess I, they all make sense. I guess it just, when I saw that number, I thought that seems that feels a little high to me. I mean, they might've lost uh, four or five cars to, to, to Um, And they might've lost another 10 to long distance driving. I didn't expect it to be a total of 50 though. And, and again, I'm, I'm just, I'm kind of going off of my gut feeling. I don't have a lineup of where everybody's from and how far they how far away they had to drive. And I'm, again, I don't want to make it sound like I'm ragging on anybody. Cause you know, you got to work on Monday. You can't be racing at a racetrack, especially if you got a four, five, six, seven hour haul home, can't be racing until six or seven o'clock on a Sunday night, haul all the way home and then expect to have a decent week of work when you're exhausted
2: well and like i said you've also got you know for a lot of people sunday's a big family day yeah so i'm sure you lost a few people to that Mm-hmm. but uh you know it is what it is and uh uh at least they had a, a great car count on saturday night i consider that a pretty good car count
1: yeah 176 is a, i think it is a, is a very good car count
2: but uh you know like you said and also if the uh if the night got real long, which you already said it did, it went into Sunday morning and that might've changed a few people's opinions on whether or not they were going to stay and race on Sunday. And, you know, there's all kinds of reasons people left.
0: So. Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: All right. Uh, do you want to talk about Atlanta results? Cause there's not a lot to talk about with uh, headlines other than I see that Kurt Bush has donated 500 tickets to military and veterans um, through vet ticks for the cup race at Richmond kind of a cool deal there
2: he's been doing that for a couple of years now he's uh i don't know if it's always at richmond or if he's done some other races too but um and brad keselowski does the same thing through his foundation uh first responders foundation with veterans and first responders and stuff like that he's always getting those guys tickets so you'll see a lot of uh firemen policemen you know whatever um around his garage area a couple times during the year. Uh, but yeah, I think it's a great deal when they, when they can help out with people like that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's pivot into Sunday's race at Atlanta motor Speedway by, by talking about Christopher Bell's Jackman. Uh, don't see the first name Odell.
2: Uh, yeah, I was good, I was going to say Mills, but Mills was the guy that came over from Kyle Bush's team and, and took his place when he couldn't right. continue um yeah I don't remember I don't remember what his name was I mean they showed the replay
1: and- oh there we go David Odell when when uh, when Jasky copied over the article from NASCAR it missed the d on David he <laughs> it's kind of David a funny Odell. thing for me yeah so it just said Avid Odell and I'm like well that's not really a first name especially since the a's not capitalized it so David Odell was the jackman for the number 20 Joe Gibbs racing team Uh, received stitches in his calf area following an injury during a pit stop on Sunday's race at Atlanta Motor Speedway but is expected to be available for this coming Sunday's race at Circuit of the Americas and Dirk like you talked about Joe Gibbs Racing had uh, Keelan Mills the jackman for the number 18 team of Kyle Busch fill in for David Odell as uh, Busch had already exited the race due to being involved in a wreck so his crew was available to help Uh, Fill in the gap for the 20 team
2: and uh wow i'm surprised he got stitches out of that deal but you know i mean with a with a contusion or something that maybe swelled up and split open yeah uh but i mean he can he didn't even go to the ground really yeah he got hit with the, the right front fender i mean he was almost past the car like he's supposed to be but he got hit and Kind of did a pirouette and he's holding the jack and he never hit the ground and he shoved the jack under and did his one pump and continued the pit stop. <laughs> you know. So after the it was a while later, they said something about him being transported um to the infield care center and whatnot. And then further on they didn't say anything about him, but they just showed Mills going over and uh, you know, obviously in the MM suit and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And said, you know, he was going to help out to finish the day with uh, Christopher Bell. And, uh, yeah, so I'm I'm surprised. You know, I figured they were checking out a knee or an ankle or something, Mm -hmm. you know, with the way he got hit into the leg and the hip area. But, uh, yeah, maybe, you know, um, maybe he cut himself, you know, just on, you know, an edge of the car or something, you know, on the splitter or something. I don't know.
1: Let's talk about Sunday's race at Atlanta. Uh, newly repaved track, slightly redesigned with more banking. Um, you and I were talking about it earlier today. I, I got to watch some highlights. And uh, after we talked, I kind of got thinking about it. They were rather quick, the highlight reel.
2: Well, and it was more than just on the redesign, more than just the banking. They narrowed up the turns. The turns are only 40 foot wide.
1: I can't remember who I was listening to. Driver reaction about that, and and they were saying there's just not a lot of room to pass, and not at those speeds.
2: They had very wide the back stretches is very wide. They could probably go six cars wide down the back stretch if they needed to, but they never did. Yeah, they went to a double line on the inside of the track, so you couldn't go below the double line and pass, which Christopher Bell got penalized for on the last lap. Okay, so that's
1: wrote- that's the penalty that they were talking about.
2: And he ended up, uh, I don't know if he, if they, I I think they put him last on the lead lap was what they did is, is the way I understand the way the rule is they didn't make him last in the race, obviously, or last of the cars that were on the track. I think he just got last on the lead lap, which probably placed him somewhere in the upper twenties, 28th or something like that.
1: I cannot find, there we go. 23rd.
2: Okay. that, That could be.
1: Yes, that's right. He was the last car on the lead lap.
2: Yeah, so that's where they placed him. But that was why. Because, and, and they, you know, they talked about, they showed the replay about three times after the race. And, and you know, before they went off the air, they mentioned it. Yeah, he is being penalized for that NASCAR's review. Is that he drove down there. He was not blocked. And that he's going to get set back. So that's something new. They've never had the double line penalty at anywhere except Daytona and Talladega. Yeah. So yeah and a lot of drivers track was new. a
1: lot of drivers commented this felt like a super
2: speedway race well it did they put big spoilers on them they put restrictor plates on them mm-hmm. it, evidently in testing the track was just too fast and they had, they had to slow them down yeah but every you you've been around it long enough now to know that every time they slow it down it just makes a pack track and and that's what it was right And every time they did a restart you know, for the first two laps, they're running side by side. Mike Joy's going, oh, this looks like a parade lap at 200 or at 185 miles an hour. <laughs> he must have said that two dozen times the other day. It was driving me crazy. Yeah. And he drives me crazy anyway. Uh, and yeah. Jeff Gordon showed his rust when he kept calling. Um, Austin Dillon had already gone out of the race. He was involved in the second yellow but the first one that knocked anybody out when he got hit by Hamlin coming down the front stretch and stuffed in the wall. And uh, um, then they're on the restart and he's calling Austin Sendrick, Austin Dillon. And, uh,
1: Man, I tell yeah. you, I, I absolutely hate it when I do that. And it's the most annoying thing. At least I can speak for me is that when you call a driver, the, when you, when you call a car with the wrong driver, even after realizing you've made that mistake, it takes me quite a while to get it out of my head I'll keep seeing that car and even though I know that's you know we'll, we'll just say I, I know that that car is Tyler rookey I'll and I accidentally say Trevor Grossenbacher. it it becomes a habit now and now it's hard to break so I, yeah. I kind of empathize with them a little bit there but um yeah it's I, there's been uh, anyways that's not a topic I, I really feel like getting into of of just announcing but um
2: the best part of the whole race was clint boyer gave jeff gordon a shirt now i'm trying to remember what the heck the the shirt says it said something about not doing what he's told or this guy doesn't listen and doesn't do what he's told something like that <laughs> and they they showed a picture of some little kid and his mom's holding his hand and here's this little kid and they're walking along and, this kid's mind is everywhere else, but walking with his mom. Yeah. And he got this on his shirt. So Boyer had a shirt made and gave it to Gordon and then Gordon threw it back at him. And he says, well, let's get the producer on here and let him say who doesn't listen. And Boyer just started laughing.
1: <laughs> All right. Let's talk Atlanta results. William Byron ends up picking up the win. He won stage one, finished ninth in stage two. 52 points on the day after picking up the win. Ross Chastain, man, I saw him smack the wall pretty good after leading for a while there. I believe it was another, uh, what was one of many cut tires, not cut tires, but flat uh, right rears, left rears, right rear, flat uh, right rear, Uh, but he recovered to a second place finish. Kurt Busch uh, finished in third, Daniel Suarez in fourth, and Corey LaJoy in fifth. Chase Elliott, Chris Buescher, Martin Trucks Jr., Joey Logano, and Alex Bowman around and out your top 10. Dirk, we've talked about it for four races. Now we're going to talk about it for five races. There's a lot of drivers. There's a few drivers up in that top five that I would have never expected to see that. And I'm going to point, uh, I'm going to still point at Ross Chastain, even though we've been on the Ross Chastain bandwagon for a couple of weeks. Uh, Daniel Suarez up there in fourth. He's having a really good run with track house racing. And then Corey LaJoy in fifth. That's three drivers that you wouldn't have a guess that would have uh would be finishing so well after five races.
2: Well, again, just go back and look at you know what Daytona can do. Corey LaJoy can definitely be in the top 5 at Daytona or Talladega. Yeah. So he can now be in the top 5 in Atlanta. That's that's what they did. They just went out and got in line and eventually um the one line goes away and all the guys are jumping into the outside line or Actually, it was outside line on the straightaways, but it was the middle line because nobody ran the top line through the turns. Mm -hmm. It was like three three cars wide in the turns, but the top line never did anything. Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. But the middle line was fast. And after 15 or 20 laps, it was just a single file type deal. You'd have two or three guys trying to fight on the bottom, you know, and make that bottom work. But when you got 16 or 20 cars in the freight train, they're just blowing by the other cars. That's just all there is to it. Wow. And it's it to me, it was terrible racing. It was. It looked like that track, it, it was like you were at any dirt track anywhere with a good group of Lucas Oil late models or a World Outlaws late models, whatever, SLMR cars. And that track rubbered down three laps into the feature. Oh. Joey Logano got passed as they were lapping him. There was a gap fifth in line. So he slid over into the line and nobody could pass it.
1: Yeah, I know. I am back and listened to a couple of uh, driver reactions. Um, no surprise here, and I say that because he finished thirty third. Kyle Busch did not like the racetrack.
2: Um, Kurt <laughs> his Bush, interview was hilarious. <laughs> Kyle Busch, interviewing behind his holler, it was one word. Yep, every answer. Yep, nope. The yep. the uh, nope. <laughs> the
1: the article headline I saw in my Google uh, uh, my Google uh, newsline was kyle bush gave the most kyle bushy interview he's ever given (laughs) and i listened to it i thought spot on his brother kurt bush finished third and although had more to say basically echoed the same thing kurt bush did not like that racetrack uh did not like the type of racing was not a fan of it um and he said, what was his quote? I believe it was something to the order of, I hope they take the restrictor plates off when we come here in July. Um yeah, Ross I Justine mean, basically had the same thing to say. Didn't enjoy the the restrictor racing, didn't enjoy it. Um said, uh, what was his quote? Uh it wasn't bad, but we need to leave this type of racing to Talladega and Daytona.
2: Exactly. So yeah. you know, and that's it's literally all it was. It was a. Uh, a super speedway on a mile and a half track and when i saw him you know i was listening to him talking some of the pre-race how they're going to the bigger spoiler they've had the restrictor plate on etc 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 but nobody said anything until right before the race about the double lines and that's when i went oh no you know that's gonna bite somebody and it did it took Mm -hmm. all the way to the last lap for it to happen yeah but yeah i you know, there was a lot of action because there was a lot of, you know, I think it was Mike Joy said, yeah, the cars look like they're racing at Daytona. And Boyer says, yeah, but the cars look like they've been racing at Martinsville.
1: I heard that yeah. one.
2: Because <laughs> <laughs> they were all beat up. You know? yeah. I was very impressed with the way some of these cars, Ross Jastain, for instance, how he slapped the wall pretty good
1: you
0: mm-hmm.
2: know, early in the first stage and come back with a, you know, a, a second place finish.
1: Kurt Busch had damage damage too, didn't he?
2: Oh, just about everybody had damage.
1: Yeah. You know,
2: Joey Logano finished, what, ninth or something, and he was all beat up. Um, You know, there were several cars beat up. Uh, The other thing with these guys that were popping the right rear tires, I think uh, Briscoe popped one. um, Tyler Reddick did one. Ross Chastain did one. But they all go down to the wheel, and they were digging up the track. That's what you saw was this white smoke from the, yeah. the wheel hitting the track.
1: I kept seeing you know? that during one of the re- one of the highlight wrecks.
2: And uh, highlight wrecks. There we go. You mean highlight reels?
0: <laughs>
2: no, I meant wrecks. Okay. I don't know. I don't know what a highlight wreck is, but <laughs> evidently you've made something up. I think. You
1: hey, know? I coined
2: it. <laughs> Finally, I've done market. something with my life. Better trade market, <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, that this wheel and tire combo situation deal. Um, I don't think anybody lost a wheel the other day, so that would be the first race that didn't happen. Continuing
1: with the lineup, we talked about Kyle Busch finishing 33rd. He is probably the worst of the top tier drivers you would expect to be in the top ten. Kyle Larson finished 30th. Denny Hamlin finished 29th, Tyler Reddick, who had a good run going early in the day, finished 28th, Harvick 21st, Uh, Blaney 17th. It's kind of some of the notable drivers that did not finish in the top 10 that you might have expected. Uh, I think that's pretty much it for Atlanta. Any other anything else? Just not really an enjoyable race, but hopefully they'll be able to learn something, make some changes and then when we go back there in July, they're going to be able to uh, to put on a little bit better of a race. All right. That's going to do it for us in turn number one. Don't forget the Echo Park. I have tough, such a tough time with that. The Echo Park Texas Grand Prix at the Circuit, circuit of the Americas.
2: At the Circus of the Americas. That's exactly. <laughs> this is the race. This is the race where it rained all the whole race. It rained. And with seven laps to go, they called the race for rain. That was this race last year. It's the first time they ran there. So
1: uh, uh, the race is going to be at two thirty on Sunday coverage on Fox and uh, again on the PRN Sirius XM apps. Uh, once again, uh, no uh, broadcast partner for radio in this area. The closest one is uh, Atlantic and there's one about central Nebraska. So if you want to listen to the uh, race, I have to suggest you download the NASCAR app, go to the scanner page, Listen live and the first option in the uh, in the page and it's free is to listen to the uh, radio broadcast of it, which is PRN or MRN this race at the circuit of the Americas is on PRN again that's all at 230 on Sunday is when it all kicks off practice is Saturday at 9am with qualifying Saturday to right after that Uh, so practice will be from nine to 10 and then qualifying will be uh, at uh, 10 o'clock on Fox sports one. Make sure to get your picks in on time for the Rick Haven Ridge Pick'em's Contest. And again, that deadline is at 2.30 on Sunday. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back in turn number two. Tyler Drukey, your 2021 Race Saver Nationals champion, will join us. We're going to get caught up on everything he's got going on and oh, so much more. Hang tight. Dirk and I'll be right back.
0: Nebraska's greatest hot rod show returns to Omaha with fun for the whole family. The O'Reilly Auto Parts World of Wheels. April 1st to 3rd at the CHI Health Center. The place to see hundreds of the country's wildest show cars, muscle cars, custom trucks and awesome hot rods. Including the top ISCA championship contenders. And a hand selected display in our cavalcade of customs. And World of Wheels is so much more than a car show. Kids will love the Gravity Falls valve Cover racing happening all weekend Saturday on our celebrity stage see AEW world champion hangman Adam Page Sunday it's your chance to meet legendary car builder Chip Foose from TV's Overhaulin'. the O'Reilly Auto Parts World of Wheels it's back in Omaha April 1st to 3rd at the CHI Health Center discount tickets at O'Reilly Auto Parts part of the summer racing equipment show car series see whirlofwheels.com for more info We're hooked up in turn two and still showing the green flag on the front stretch.
1: Welcome back to the front stretch race fans. Turn two presented by Quaker Steak and Lube, the official watering hole of the front stretch. Get over to the Lube today for all. Boy, I just I'm off today. Today has just been a day where I can't get much of anything right.
2: This has been your life,
0: dude. Yeah, I was going
1: to say this is like any other day's. Get over to the Quaker Quaker Steak and Lube Sunday for the Echo Park Texas Grand Prix at uh, the Circuit of Americas uh, on, like I said, on Sunday, Green Flag at 2.30. Get over there a little bit early, get yourself a table, get yourself something delicious to drink. Quaker Steak and Lube, the official watering hole of the front stretch. And we are just around the corner from the kickoff of all the great summer activities. Of course, uh, kids eating for 99 cents on Mondays is always a constant dollar wing nights on Tuesday nights. And then classic car cruising should start here in a couple of weeks on Thursdays uh, check with, Lube on Facebook for more information.
2: I got to check with Chris and see if I'm qualified for the senior discount yet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, I don't know what to say to that. You might be, who knows? We'll have to see. Uh, joining us on the show now is your 2021 IMCA race saver nationals champion by the nose of his race car the driver of the number 12 Drookey racing machine, Tyler Drukey, man. Good to have you back on the show.
3: Yeah. Thanks for having me.
1: And you have started off this year, much like last year, uh, ending your season with uh, probably one of the biggest wins of your career. And you've picked off or picked up this year, going down to Oklahoma earlier this month and picking up a win.
3: Yeah. Um, we had plans to go to uh, devil's bowl to run their Texas three Oh five nationals. And uh, I always like to go down the week before and go to Meeker so that that wasn't our first race. And We did that last year, so we thought we were going to do it again this year. And uh, We also like Meeker. It's a fun joint, so uh, we don't get to go down
1: that far that often, so it was a good good opportunity to go. Good deal. Awesome. Uh, what have you been up to in the offseason? Anything fun going on? <laughs> uh, I, I got a lot going on. Um, <laughs> we're trying to
3: build a trying to build a 410 team um, all the while trying uh, a new baby uh, wheeling on October 7th and uh, congratulations
2: on that thank
3: you yeah and uh, so that's been uh, I don't know how to put it eye-opening I guess you'll say <laughs> uh, just a lot of just a lot of things that just change I guess but um, and then uh, with hopes of uh, possibility building a new shop new house here in the near future so uh i got a lot going on
2: eye Um, opening is that the new term for lack of sleep well luckily uh (laughs) his mom is uh
3: really great and um because when he's screaming in the middle of the night i don't hear him i sleep right through it uh, so unless his mom wakes me up um she's kind of been soloing it for the most part so I, t- I told her if she wants help, she's got to wake me up because I don't hear him.
1: <laughs> yeah. Now, have you always been a heavy sleeper, or is this something more of you're just kind of used to the loud noises of being at the racetrack so it doesn't bother you?
3: Um, I, I mean, my parents would probably tell you I used to sleep at the races. We'd go to the races at Eagle when I was little, and I would sleep and wake up just in time for the sprint car feature. So, <laughs> I mean, it's not uncommon, I guess. But, uh, no, I tend to go – go hard until it's time to not go and yeah. then when it's time to not go it, it's shutdown time
1: <laughs> so <laughs> yeah along with all that stuff uh jerky trucking uh doing well i know when i called you this afternoon to work on this interview you were uh, sitting in a line ready to unload some beans
3: yep yep we got our beans unloaded i actually i had the, we had a truck you know it's always something I Had a truck that had an ac line rubbed through so um it was in the shop getting ac lean ac line fixed and then recharged and whatnot so i actually just picked that up and now we're getting some of this nice high-priced fuel and
2: ready to go again tomorrow
1: (laughs) oh i can hear the dollar signs ticking away as as we talk
2: they're uh, going going too fast you ain't hearing them
1: (laughs) yeah
3: man it's it's something i guess everybody's in the same boat just try and do the best we can
1: yeah. And I yeah, kind of,
3: your, your boat's a lot bigger.
1: <laughs> yeah. How big of a it's... tank you got on that semi?
3: Um, Well, this one I just picked up has dual dual one twenties oh on it. Oh my God. So um, I got another one that's got dual one thirty fives And then uh, I got a pier belt that only holds about a hundred I think it's 150 gallon between the two tanks, but it's got a urea tank on it. So it, it takes up some capacity on one side. But... Wow. About, about 500 gallon a week. It's about what they take. So,
1: ouch. Well, um, yeah, let's talk about the end of last season. You know, you've, we talked to you last uh, the night of the race saver nationals uh, win, you know, still kind of processing everything now that it's been a couple of months and, and maybe you've had some time to kind of ponder it as you're heading down the road. Um, have you gotten a chance to kind of, process everything yet or is it still kind of disbelief no i mean
3: i think it's settled in sank in and i mean it's just like every other trophy you put it on the shelf and it collects dust and you go on about your day and try and win the next one so
1: um
3: i'd be lying if i hadn't say i've watched that race the replay back quite a few times um it trying to So you always got to self-reflect and think of what you could have done better, what maybe you did right, put that in the back of your mind so you know what to do for the next time. Um, No scenario is ever going to be exactly the same, but every once in a while you can take ideas that will transfer over from one situation to the next, even though the scenarios aren't identical and all the circumstances aren't identical. So that was, the more I watched that race, um, there's I think there's a lot of things that happened leading up to the, those last three laps that maybe put me in a certain mindset and then also put John in a certain mindset that made us make the decisions we did, because I mean, I had to have absolutely everything go right for, for us to capitalize on that. And luckily it just did.
1: Have you had a conversation with John Kearney outside of that weekend, uh, to kind of reflect on, on the, the last couple of laps?
3: No, I, I, uh, after the races you know after we talked and went back to the pit area and there was a whole bunch of people around the car you know and everybody was celebrating so um i i it was quite a while before i was able to kind of sneak away and change out of my suit and i snuck away and ch- changed out of my suit and i grabbed three beers and i took one down to to john and one to the car owner ben and then i took one for myself mm-hmm. and uh, i mean i told him everything basically that i told you guys you know i say hey I'm sorry the way that happened, but I'm not sorry. And, uh, you know, it wasn't a thing that I was trying to, you know, crash his car the way I seen it. I was going to give up my car to, to flip across the finish line as long as I won. Um, that was my mindset. Um, not, you know, I, was, I had no ill will against them guys. I think they're, they got a really good car and he's a really good driver and they do a great job. So, um, I, I just told him I was, I was going to do just about anything to win that race. And, um, I think I did just about everything I could. So, yeah, and that's, yeah. and I, that's, I mean, that's how good they were. Um, it took absolutely everything I could possibly muster to, to think of and do that to wrestle it away. And, um, if I, if I don't do one, any one thing that I did do, um, you know, it doesn't happen. So, um, I, I think, I, you know, hit their car owner, he, Ben, he said that, you know, he well, it means a lot for me to come down there and talk to him, you know, but, um, no, I don't, I don't want to crash anybody's stuff, but yeah, um, was, that's a big race. I don't do yeah. that for a weekly show. That's a big one. So it just changed. Like I said, it just my mindset and his mindset and man, that's what the fans pay to see. If If two guys don't go out there and pour their heart and soul on the line to win a race, you know, it's pretty simple. All you're trying to do is, beat another guy across the line and Mm -hmm. it's a pretty simple game and if it's not that exciting if everybody doesn't do absolutely everything they can to to try and do that
1: yeah I think John had you know he probably has a little bit of right to be upset that that he didn't win it I think rules reversed you would be upset too but I I can't imagine him blaming you for the way you drove you I mean you didn't drive him completely dirty and, and run him into the wall or you know, destroy his car. It, it, you, you know, you were going for the, the biggest win in, in race saver nationals. Uh, and, and you had to, you know, rubbin's racing, I guess, is what I'm saying. And I, I think you rubbed him and didn't wreck it.
3: Yeah. I mean, everybody says what they would do and, but it's all hearsay I mean, yeah. until you, until you're put in that situation. um. Yeah, I don't think anybody can judge anybody else on what they decide they're going to do. You know, every, everybody goes to the racetrack to win the race. Um, and unless you're putting each individual circumstance, yeah, it's up to them. And not everybody's going to handle it the same. So uh, I'm not saying what I did was right. I'm not saying what I did was wrong. It's just what I did. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think he did anything wrong or right or it's what he did. So um, like I said a lot of different, a lot of things could change and, and the outcome would have been different, but uh,
1: the good news is
3: they'll have that race again and we'll get another chance at it.
1: <laughs> well, let's talk about that. What's your, uh, you mentioned that you're trying to put together a 410 team. Um, obviously the 360 is going to run a couple of times at I eighty Speedway in 2022. Uh, no idea what the future is going to hold for them in the state of Nebraska. Uh, for 2023 so is that kind of the idea is to start working on a 410 team and then then next year try to hit a little bit harder
3: uh, yeah somewhat um i sold so i owned uh, matt Zaz owns the 305 that we've been racing in our car for the last several years um when he bought a new motor for the 305 i bought our used one from him mm-hmm. as a spare Mainly because I didn't want to race against the motor. I thought it was that good. And if somebody <laughs> else had it, they'd beat me with it. So um, it was a really good spare motor. Um, so I have since sold that motor. I sold my 360. Um, I had the 410 that I bought. You know, it was an older used 410 that I bought before the uh, season last year. So I'm kind of merging everything over to go 410 racing. Um, with everything we got going on this year, you know, it takes a few motors to do more than about 20 races, really 15, 20 races, about all you can do at a one motor. So um, I'm going to sell that older motor and we're going to move over to, I'm going to try and get another new one maybe by the end of this year, hopefully. And I would like to build a 410 team capable of running 40 to 50 races in the Midwest, just area outlaw shows, Knoxville, Houston's, Jackson, that kind of thing. And then when the Outlaws are close um, or All Stars for that matter. And uh, that's kind of what. So, a similar schedule to what we've been doing that somewhere in that 40 races mark is what I've been doing for the last several years. And I just want to do it at the 410 level. And uh, beyond that, we still have our 305 um, that will run some this year. I want to run the big shows. Uh, I don't have a 360, so that leaves me open to go run the Belleville race during the 360 nationals normally mm-hmm. over at Knoxville that's the that same weekend so and then uh, we went down and raced meeker this spring um, we can run we'll run the probably run the race saver nationals again at eagle and I mean I, I'm pretty sure they're going to have that quota deal in to where you have to run so many race saver races to qualify yeah. for the race saver nationals so I'm pretty sure they're going to put that back into effect this year and We we might have to slip away and pick up a few weekly shows here and there. If Knoxville rains out and Eagle doesn't, then you'll probably see us at Eagle on a Saturday on a, you know, it'll just be completely random, but um, it's kind of what I'm looking at. But for the most part this year, I'm probably going to be pretty much a one night wonder. So.
2: (laughs) A few of those through the years.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, we got a lot going on. So,
1: (laughs) well, it's, you know, it's kind of interesting to me and it's always, I've talked about it every time I bring it up that it's interesting to me. So this is old news to anybody that listens on a regular basis to the front stretch, but the old, do we race weekly or do we tour around theory? And, you know, weekly racing puts money in local tracks and, you know, you're obviously one of the big guys that when fans know that the 12 is going to show up, you help sell a few extra tickets um so it's it's kind of tough to for you to I I imagine it's tough for you to decide and and it's a tough decision to go weekly racing or to go touring racing and I think there's advantages and disadvantages to both of them um
3: running weekly you can develop a really good baseline um and then you can go tour and try and help make make yourself better better that way um but it's always good to sometimes when you're Tuning around, and you're seeing a different place all the time. You, you can kind of get lost in your setup and whatnot, and it makes it hard to get back, get yourself yeah. back to square square one. So that's where running the same track every week can help. Um, running the same track every week can kind of you can kind of get stuck in a rut where you just do the same things every single week. And I kind of felt like I was getting that way at Eagle, so I made it a point to try and go to other places and. And then slowly, I mean, I start. I went to Oklahoma a few times, went to Texas last year. So just kept branching out farther and farther. And um, the 305 class is great, don't, like I, it's a great deal. Um, I wish everybody would just calm down and embrace it. They're always wanting to change it. Um, I don't think it needs much tweaking. It, it's a great deal. If anything, um, I wish it would be more uniform across the whole country. In the way they do the formats, it, some guys race in different areas and run a different uh, draw-redraw format, and they have some advantages over a weekly racetracks format. I wish I wish it would just accept the weekly racetrack format. High point guy starts 12th every night. Um, it's just my opinion. And I would like to see it just be universal across the country. This is the format you have to run to run for an IMCA points deal. Yeah. Um, all that aside, it's a great class. I found myself going to some racetracks and getting home super late. Some of the racetracks are maybe not quite as organized as I would like to see. Um, some of them do a great job, but there's a few of them that I didn't necessarily enjoy going to, but, um, they just kind of steered me away. So if you want to change everybody, I keep reading this garbage about qualifying with the three Oh five. That's not what this class is about. They're not trying to crown Steve Kinzer in the three Oh five class um if you want to qualify spend your money go get you a 410 go get you a 360 go to knoxville i don't care that, they already have that class that's what that class is about over there you, the fastest guy will win mm-hmm. and um that's not what the 305 class is about so just leave the 305 class alone let them let them keep doing what they're doing and if you really wanted to go do that kind of thing go do it there's there's a place to go do it it's not
2: very far away man hey, these other tracks cracks that you mentioned that are running the draw, redraw, are they running for IMCA national points?
3: Yeah. um, I don't want to take nothing away from the previous national points champions from uh, Pennsylvania. Um, But, man, I was looking at the results. And uh, when we were leading the points a few years ago, I'm looking at the results, and uh, he's starting first, second row, like four weeks in a row. And I started sixth row every single week. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd run third, fourth, whatever it's not good enough. So, and then, you know, you start in the top two rows and you can get a win. You know, that's a big advantage. So um, things like that, but it is what it is. I mean, it's well pretty simple. If we had our car better, we would have won from the sixth row. Anyway, we just weren't that good that particular yeah, year.
2: The whole thing about running under a sanctioning body like that is the rules from, you know, the engine to the car, to the tire, to the wing size. I mean, to the to the way you line up the race, they're all supposed to be the same. Uh, I agree, but um, you know it, it is what it is. I mean, I
3: I like going to draw redraw races because that's a chance to not start in the back, you know. But I I don't think it puts on as good a show, so I just assume everybody oh. do a full twelve car invert and away we go. But yeah, or or if you have less than twenty cars, you know it's a would oh, that be sixty percent invert sixty percent of the starting field in the in the a feature. Um just make that the standard rule. If you have 12 cars, well we're gonna invert what would that be six roughly? That'd
1: be 50%. But
3: anyway, um I'll get off on get off my soapbox there. But no that's
1: that's fine. I think those are important things to talk about. And and yeah I'm I'm with you. I've I've heard people talk about we need to go to uh qualifying for the sprint cars. And I hope to God, they never do that. At least not an Eagle. I, I cannot stand ca- qualifying for races. And I,
3: I might park my four ten and come and qualify. Cause I'm pretty sure last year we were first or second quick after hot laps every single night. Yeah. So if I could start in the front row every night and have a chance at winning, I mean, by all means let's do it.
1: Yeah. And I, I prefer the invert cause I think, you know, guys like you, uh, Trevor Grossenbacher, um, I mean, there's, There's 10 guys that go out to Eagle Raceway and and race on a weekly basis that I don't want them starting on the pole. I mean, there's nothing more frustrating to me than getting the A feature starting lineup and seeing Jordan Grabowski and the Modifieds starting on the pole of a race. And I'm like, okay, great. So it's going to be a battle for a second or seeing Jesse sobbing starting on the pole in the in the stock cars. You know, these guys are great for a reason. And uh, quite frankly, I want them handicapped because I like watching them make their way through the field and and having to work for it and i think that's more entertaining as an announcer and as a fan
3: well if they have some bad luck and their average gets down and they get to start closer to the front well that's the rules that's yeah. fine that's yeah just make it the same just make it the same for everybody
1: yeah i'm um, totally fine with that too no we don't
3: yeah don't ask the guys that run up front <laughs> and win a bunch of races what kind of format they need just right. don't do it right. you're not going in the right direction for the betterment of the whole deal
2: uh, yeah, and we get, I'm, I'm on, I'm on, board with you guys, as far as the qualifying, um, if I'm going to watch qualifying, I just as soon see the group qualifying, but I don't like that either. Um, um, and I worked years with the late models, like the Bush all-star tour and stuff. And, and we ran two lap qualifying, just like they used to do on a cup Sunday, you know, and yeah. you talk about boring. There's nothing more boring than watching a single car go around the track twice when there's 40 well, or 50 cars. I mean,
3: it's all what you like. I'm the guy that will show up to the grandstands to watch qualifying. Everybody else, you know, the whole family goes over to the Knoxville Nationals, and I'm the guy that hates when we miss hot laps and we miss qualifying. I have to watch that. So I enjoy it. I like seeing there's some nuances, when you pay really close attention to what the guys do to try and squeeze an extra tenth out of there. Um, You got to know what you're looking for, but they do 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 it. That stuff is fascinating to me to see what works sometimes you watch the car enter the corner and if the car enters a certain way, you know, yeah, I can almost pick out, Hey, that's, that's going to be, that's going to be pretty quick. we will be top five, you know, but, um, it's not for everybody. I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a nerd. I get into that stuff guys. I can see how just the average fan or the guy that doesn't know maybe what he's supposed to be looking for or, or gal, um, yeah, single car qualifying probably isn't that exciting, but to me, I love it. So, um that's why I'm, yeah, pony up, spend the money. We're going to go do it. So
1: we got a couple more uh, topics to get to with Tyler Drukey. One of them I wanted to touch on. You ruffled some feathers, I think, back in December with posting the, uh, I believe it was the engine you won the Race Saver Nationals in. And I I, I I didn't actually see it, but I assume by your post and some of the conversations that some people were unhappy with the price that you put on it. Um, I, I want to say I saw it for 30000 50k, 50k. Okay, I was a little low. All right. Now, uh,
3: So this goes back to changing the class. Um, it's a great class. Don't mess with it, um, guys. Need to remember what it's built for. Um, I, I every time I see one of these expensive motors posted on the internet for sale, everybody freaks out. Mm-hmm. And what they forget is, you guys have been running alongside those types of motors all along. You just don't know it. So you don't know what you're, you you do not know what the guy next to you spent on his car. He doesn't know what you spend on your car. And quite frankly, once you get on the racetrack, it don't matter. You've got a car with four wheels, a steering wheel, and a gas pedal and a brake. All you got to do is beat them across that start finish line. Uh, first, mm-hmm. it's not complicated. Don't worry about what everybody else is doing. Just worry about yourself and making your stuff better. Um, I, I, so I, I see it all the time. I had a weak moment. I actually called around cause I, I know I called Matt cause he owns the motor. So I wanted to let him know what I was thinking. He didn't tell me, no, don't do it. So I, I actually put a little bit of thought into this whole deal. I, I didn't just do it on a whim. Mm-hmm. I called, you know, I called the engine builder um, said, Hey, this is what I'm doing. If this is going to cause you problems by all means, tell me to shut up, but I've gotten tired of it. And, uh, so that was the mo- that was the basis of the deal. Is everybody's freaking out, trying to say the class is out of hand, and it and it's really ruining its own reputation from within, which is really sad because it's other race saver guys that are complaining. Um, just worry about your own stuff. Build your best car you can. Go to the racetrack and try and beat everybody. There, there's there is no a good setup or a bad setup will cost you more horsepower getting to the racetrack than any motor you could ever buy. So,
0: um,
3: no, I had a weak, I had a weak moment and I, I guess I got nothing.
2: I don't, I don't think it costs (laughs) you any horsepower with a bad setup, but it certainly wastes the horsepower you got. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. So, So, uh, and again, (laughs) I'm, I'm and I, and, getting...
3: I, and I could kind of see how the I let it stay up there for a little while and I could so what happened was I posted it to every classified page I could well some of them didn't approve it until the following day mm-hmm. so or a couple days later whatever it was so I could te- I could you know I made my point and then it started getting posted on some other classifieds page later after it had already made its you know, everybody blew it up and took right. the bait so i could see that that was going south and not not getting the intended point across that's when i deleted the whole thing so i so don't like fun. to delete i don't like to delete facebook posts if i yeah. posted i i mean it right and uh, but it, it you could definitely see it was take it, it it went from kind of a joke and kind of a you guys need to wake up to now it was kind of annoying
2: people and yeah. whatnot
3: not what yeah, i was really. intended.
2: so so you really should have annoyed them and not taken the post down, not deleted it. Just put up sold. <laughs> well, don't so, worry. The thought crossed my mind.
1: But. <laughs> help me clarify this. was your, your intent was not to sell it for 50,000. Your intent was just to simply point out that they're racing against those, that cost of an engine already. You're just bringing it to light.
3: They're not racing against $50,000 engines. They're not out there. They're, you. Yeah. You're gonna spend about 20 if you really want to doll it up. You know, there's motors for sale at the Race Saver Nationals every year that are 25 to 30. Yeah. You know, they're there every year. They're they're really sharp. They're really nice. They got all lightweight hoses, they're all dolled up. Really nice motors. Not taking anything against away from them.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: It doesn't mean they're gonna run better. It doesn't mean you're getting more performance for it. And everybody freaks out when they see 20,000 and they think that this guy has some sort of performance advantage. It might not be the case at all. It could be in valve covers, hoses, uh, anodizing, you know, painting the block, you, whatever, you name it. Um, the intent was to not worry about what everybody else is doing. You guys want to complain about what motors cost? Okay, I'll show you what motors are going to cost. If somebody's willing to pay 50000 for that engine, I, I'll sell it to them. I'll go build the exact same thing again. It'll be perfectly fine with me. And then I'll beat them again. It, it'll be no, you could
2: build two of them <laughs> if they paid you fifty for the one. You could go exactly. Build one more.
3: <laughs> exactly. So this is back to my point. Just worry about your own deal. Try and tr- work with an engine builder if you want. If you don't want to work, if you want to build your own thing, that's fine. That's great. I don't have the knowledge to build a motor. I, I drive truck for a living. So uh, I'm not an engine builder. Um, I can kind of get the concepts and of different stuff. That's why I like to talk to Zach and talk to the smart people. And hopefully I can learn something, um, and try and work with them and make the stuff better. Um, one thing I never do with Zach and the engine is I mean, he, he may come up with an idea and, and if it don't run good, I'll tell him, you know, it's just, I've done it before. We've, we've changed our combination around one week and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be slow that week. And I'll kind of, I want to try and keep an open mind, you know, Hey, okay, we'll try it throughout the whole night. But there was one particular weekend we, we did something. And, um, I could tell after hot laps, it wasn't right. And I'm like, we're slow. Pull up the clock. We're like 15th fastest after hot laps at Eagle that night. And I'm like, "Mm, I don't know about this. So um, we got to keep an open mind. We're going to try it. Um, I raced my butt off and I could only get to third in the heat race. And then we go to the feature, and it was all we could muster to run like six or something. It just the combination of everything we did, it just wasn't right. Uh, it's not like I, you know, I guess there was new parts that we tried. Um, you know, I guess we spent money that way, but it's not like we got a performance advantage. So, right, that's um, just try and make your stuff better. Um, try and make your own deal better if it's better tomorrow than what it was yesterday you're going in the right direction you do that enough days then I mean someday hopefully you can't be beat
1: we're talking with Tyler Jerky uh, driver of the number 12 sprint car throughout the area we got about 10 minutes left to talk with you before we run out of time uh, and you went and made another uh, fun decision in the offseason um, talk to me about how you approach Tom Grasso about Valco and, and what's going on with that
3: uh, well, Tom really kind of approached me. Um, I've been running, running the Valco wheels for the last several years, it probably five or six. And, uh, Tom was always the Valco dealer for this area of the country. And, uh, I had met with him after the season and we went and had lunch and he had mentioned how he was, he was wanting to talk to me about something and he was wanting to kind of get out of the wheel thing. Um, so I, told him i needed some time to think it over and see what all all that entailed and kind of did my own research on it and um i mean i already kind of knew the wheels as far as people around here um if anybody had a question you know i could answer it for them as far as the sprint car stuff goes um now i don't know much about the late model and the wide five wheels and stuff but i've been learning um that Valko has since taken over and and started building drag race wheels. And Tom's agreed to kind of stay on and help me if anybody wanted some drag race wheels and they do some different things with the way they set their cars up and what offsets and whatnot they use on the drag racing thing, which is, would be really neat to learn about. Um, I haven't, it's kind of hard for me to go to the drag strip and learn in the middle of winter. So, um, but I can only go off of what Tom tells me, and he's been teaching me along the way about that deal. So I agreed to take over the Valco wheel dealership here for the Midwest. Um, and so, if anybody would like to purchase some Valco wheels, uh, our new business is Midwest Racing Performance. Um, so another side note to that is I've been thinking about trying to start like a little speed shop type mm-hmm. thing, help everybody else get faster and whatnot, and the wheel thing was kind of a way to maybe jumpstart that, um, and, and get, get our feet wet and get us going with that. So, uh, it's not just about my vision for it is not just about wheels, um, like to expand it to different things and then ultimately be about helping the racers get faster. And it all kind of coincides with us going 410 racing. Um, you know, nobody wants to give their competition all their secrets. Right. So, stepping out into something new that I don't know a whole lot about being the 410 class um hopefully maybe we learned some new things that would essentially give us an edge when we went to a you know a 360 or a 410 race they're all sprint cars for the most part so but the the physics of how they work's pretty much all the same there's a lot of different things that you got to consider but so it's just a unique spot that I feel like I'm in we're kind of phasing out of the 305 class but that's where we're essentially we've kind of grown up racing here for the last several years. So I hope maybe I can help in that area.
1: Oh, fantastic. And would you say the name of the, uh, speed shop was
3: Midwest racing
1: performance. Uh, you got a Facebook page going up there already, don't you?
3: Yeah. Uh, I mean, actually, so I worked yesterday on uh, design for, for the cars for this year. So I created a logo for it. I need to get it uploaded on there. Right. I've been, I, I've been busy enough, let alone, <laughs> let alone See, selling know, wheels. So. You sound like
1: a lot yeah. of other people involved in racing. Just when you think you're busy enough, you take on another project.
3: Well, yeah, I, I went, <laughs> I went to my uh, accountant here and did our taxes over the weekend. And he, yeah, he told me, he says, I don't know how you find time to do, to do it all, <laughs> but so I said, well, we just, I don't know, wake up and go until they quit for the day, I guess. I don't right.
1: know first race of the year what are you looking at
3: well we already ran that one so, oh that's a good point uh, all
1: right first race around this so, area
3: <laughs> um next we're, race we're, coming up knock <laughs> Knoxville night uh season opener on april 16th so uh they have practice night on april 15th so we've uh we went to the chassis dyno in indiana with tim Ingler, and um i hope i think we got it we're pretty pleased with the way we what it showed on the dyno over there. And uh, um, you know, Tim's an awesome guy. Anybody ever gets a chance to go over there and work with him. He's pretty, pretty awesome. And, uh, and he doesn't miss either. You know, There's no questioning what, what Tim Engler says he, he already knows it before he even says it. So.
1: all right, um, we got about a minute left and I got to get you to get through your sponsors. Cause we got to make sure and thank those guys. Uh, as I know they're a huge deal to the uh, number 12 success.
3: Absolutely. Uh, my salesman.com. Cherney Enterprises, Falco Wheels by Midwest Racing Performance, Trookie Trucking and Ranch, Zaws Farms, Jeffries Trucking, Piccadilly Roseville Ranches, Ranches, Angels Energy Service, Johnson Farms, TD Signs and Graphics, J&J Auto Racing, CSI Shock, Speedway Motors Racing Engines, Jim Bell, Gordon Electric, Double Z Express, Um, everybody else that helps us out along the way buys a T-shirt, Buys ice for the cooler. Um, buys a T-shirt. Celebrates with us um, all along the way. It all all goes into the big funnel that uh, that is the race car.
1: All right, Tyler Druki, man. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate you taking the time out of the night.
3: All right, thank you. Have a good night. Thank you. Thanks,
1: Thanks Tyler. Have a good one. Yeah. Bye. See ya. But once again, that was Tyler Druki, driver of the number twelve Sprit car. Uh, good news out of his camp. Uh, sounds like they're going to run uh, limited three hundred five races and uh, focus more on the four tens, which that's kind of what you want to see happening. Uh, I know a, a lot of people were frustrated with the, with the race saver class when it first got started because a lot of 360 drivers uh, focused on the 305 class. But in my opinion, it kind of feels like it's starting to swing back in the other direction where there's some guys that maybe used to run 410s and 360s and then focused on the on the race savers are now starting to move back into those classes.
2: Yeah, and to me, the, the 360 part, you know, with a very limited schedule at I 80 this year. Is it going to be the end of the three sixties locally? You know, is it going to, are you going to have to go to Knoxville on Saturday to run them on a weekly basis or, you know, somewhere else close weekly, maybe, yeah. I don't know if he runs them with their four tens or not, but I'm just glad Tyler's got absolutely nothing going on. He's got plenty of time to raise because you don't have to worry about anything else.
1: That's right. He's just focusing, <laughs> focusing on that four ten. nothing else going on. <laughs> Oh, great interview with Tyler as always. We appreciate him uh, uh, joining us on the show. Uh, And speaking of the show, that's going to do it for us today. Don't forget, get your picks in on time for Sunday's race, the Echo Park, Texas Grand Prix at the Circuit of the Americas. Uh, Would you call it last year, the Circus of the Americas?
2: Yeah, among other things.
1: (laughs) The race is at 2.30 on Sunday. Catch all the action on the big screens at Quaker Steak and Lube. And don't forget, you need any technical support, any repairs, any questions, give me a call. Taylor Computers and Repair, 402-659-5641. And by the way, uh, I'll tell you that one of the aspects of the computer company, I never expected to start, but I'm definitely going to start pushing a little bit more, is um, how to cut the cable. It is kind of a techie way of doing it, but you can save yourself a ton of money. In fact, I'm paying 60 bucks a month for my 275 channels, unlimited DVR uh, profiles that I can set up for myself. And then Sarah's got her own profiles so she can pick what sports and TV shows she likes to watch and it will automatically record. It's easy to switch, but you're welcome to call me today and ask any questions you want. 402-659-5641. That's going to do it for us for today's show. Big thanks again to Tyler Dricker for joining us. And of course, all of you great people for listening to the Front Stretch. Make sure to like it up and share it up. So we can continue to grow. This has been the Front Stretch presented by Joe Scarti. Have a great week, everybody.
2: The official watering hole of the Front Stretch has you covered any day of the week with the best wings, great burgers, and amazing steaks. Each weekday from four to six is happy hour, featuring dollar off draft and well drinks plus four dollar luberitas. Mondays are kids' night, Tuesdays are all you can eat wings for twelve ninety-five. And the lube even delivers to the council bluffs area. Like Quaker Steak and Lube Council Bluffs on Facebook for a full list of weekly events. Get too
0: quick to steak and lube. Mid-America Drive, Council Bluffs.
1: Hey guys, Dan Taylor with Tailored Computers and Repair. This time I'm talking laptop screen replacement. We've all made the mistake of dropping our laptop. Maybe one of our animals stepped on it. Maybe we set something heavy on top of it and we just didn't realize it was too heavy. And you go to turn that laptop screen on, there's a giant crack across it. That doesn't mean your laptop is completely worthless. In just a couple of days of turnaround, I can easily get your laptop screen replaced. And usually it's for a pretty reasonable price. Don't think your laptop is completely... Completely wasted just because you have a broken screen on it give me a call today 402-659-5641 or shoot me an email tailoredcomputersandrepair at gmail.com i'd be glad to give you an estimate on how much it's going to cost to replace your laptop screen